The Sayings of Lao Tzu, Episode Eight. Good is like water. Water brings good to all things and does not contain. 请上车的乘客，往车厢中。这是勇敢的海燕，在怒吼的大海上，在闪电中间高傲的飞翔，让暴风雨来得更猛烈些吧。Romeo denies thy father and refuses thy name. Or if thou be but sworn, my love, that I'll no longer be a Capulet. 所以尊称我一声郭大侠。奋不顾身的助他，你心头牢牢记着“为国为民，侠之大者”这八个字，成为受万民敬仰的真正大侠。妈妈，快来讲故事吧，咱们接着讲《西游记》吧。今天是孙悟空大闹天宫的故事。我最大的爱好就是读书，读各类书。我想这是一个终身的爱好。听，鸟儿的欢鸣，溪水的婉转。听，爱与恨，悲与喜，苦与乐，得与失。听，跳跃的文字，灵动的声音。You're listening to more to read. 欢迎收听轻松调频美文阅读 ，Motu Read， 我是沈听，让我们在这里一起听美文学英语。今天我们将会听到爱尔兰作家乔纳森·斯威夫特的一句话，著名诗人纪伯伦的一首诗歌，以及由中国著名学者季羡林所写的一篇散文。好，下面让我们先来听今天的 Daily Quote。To read. 用文字抒发感情，用文字诉说故事，用文字穿越古今。Daily quote. The best physicians are Doctor Diet, Doctor Quiet, and Doctor Merryman. Jonathan Swift. 最好的医生是节食、安宁和快乐。乔纳森·斯威夫特。乔纳森·斯威夫特出生于1667年 ，1775 年去世，爱尔兰作家、政论家、讽刺文学大师。他以著名的《格列佛游记》和《一只桶的故事》等作品闻名于世。他曾被高尔基称为世界文学创造者之一。乔纳森·斯威夫特是英国启蒙主义时期的作家，但却不同于大多数反对封建主义、讴歌资本主义的启蒙主义作家。他对资本主义本质进行了无情的鞭挞，并反映了普通人生活的艰辛与困苦。同时，他放弃了长期统治英国文学界的古典主义文学标准，进行现实主义创作，从而使他的作品具有极高的文学价值。
The best physicians are Dr. Diet, Dr. Quiet, and Dr. Merriman. Jonathan Swift. 最好的医生是节食、安宁和快乐。乔纳森·斯威夫特。Song of the Flower, Khalil Gibran. I am a kind word, uttered and repeated by the voice of nature. I am a star, fallen from the blue tent. Upon the green carpet, I am the daughter of the elements, with whom winter conceived, to whom spring gave birth. I was reared in the lap of summer, and I slept in the bed of autumn. At dawn, I unite with the breeze to announce the coming of light. At eventide. I join the birds in bidding the light farewell. The plains are decorated with my beautiful colours, and the air is scented with my fragrance. As I embrace slumber, the eyes of night watch over me, and as I awaken, I stare at the sun. Which is the only eye of the day? I drink dew for wine, and hearken to the voices of the birds, and dance to the rhythmic swaying of the grass. I am the lover's gift. I am the wedding wreath. I am the memory of a moment of happiness. I am the last. Gift of the living to the dead. I am a part of joy and a part of sorrow. But I look up high to see only the light, and never look down to see my shadow. This is wisdom, which man must learn.《花之歌》纪伯伦。我是大自然亲切的话语，说出去有反复细念。我是一颗星星，从蓝色苍穹坠落绿毯之中。我是朱元素之女，冬天将我孕育，春天使我绽放，夏天让我成长，秋天令我
我醒来时，白昼的毒谋向我注视。我引着朝露酿成的琼浆，听着小鸟的鸣啭歌唱，就着芳草的摇曳婆娑起舞。我是爱人间的赠礼，我是婚礼的冠冕，我是片刻欢愉的记忆，我是生者与死者最后的祭献，我是一半欢乐，一半忧伤。而我仰望高空，只因对光明神往。我从不顾影自怜，也不孤芳自赏。而这些智慧，人类尚未得以领会。我们刚刚听到的这首诗歌。出自著名黎巴嫩裔美国诗人纪伯伦，诗歌的题目是《Song of the Flower》，花之歌。英文版本由 Mark Griffiths 为您朗读，中文版本由南海之声的主持人胡山为您朗诵。纪伯伦·哈利勒·纪伯伦出生于1883年 ，1931 年去世，是黎巴嫩裔的美国诗人、画家，其主要作品有《泪与笑》《先知》。沙与墨等，我们今天为大家选读的《花之歌》是纪伯伦诗选当中的一首。诗人用花的语言来叙述大自然的话语，文中尽显纪伯伦风格中的轻柔、凝练、隽秀与清新。诗人通过花语的清新流露，构建了一幅大自然活生生的图画。图画中有诗意的浪漫，也有现实的真实。都说纪伯伦的诗有着哲理，寓意深邃。从这呢就可以看出，诗人是用诗意的叙述和思考的敏锐来书写人生的。More to read， 文字的世界，用心用心聆听。Beauty of words。今天让我们一起来读一篇由中国著名学者季羡林所写的散文。季羡林出生于1911年 ，2009 年去世，中国山东聊城人。是国际著名的东方学大师、语言学家、文学家、国学家、佛学家、史学家、教育家和社会活动家。他历任中国科学院哲学社会科学部委员、聊城大学名誉校长、北京大学副校长、中国社会科学院南亚研究所所长，是北京大学的终身教授。早年他曾留学国外，通英、德、梵、巴利文，能阅俄、法文。尤精于吐火罗文，被誉为泛学、佛学、吐火罗文研究并举，中国文学、比较文学、文艺理论研究齐飞。其著作汇编成《季羡林文集》，共二十四卷。好，那么接下来呢，我们就一起来读一篇由季羡林所写的散文，就像人每天必须吃饭一样。Libraries are indispensable like food。中文版本由轻松调频的主持人阿丽为您朗读。英文版本由张培基翻译。就像人每天必须吃饭一样，季羡林。Libraries are indispensable like food, by Ji Xianlin。我们念书人都一样，视书如命。我小学的时候，当时学校还没有图书馆。打念中学开始，一直到出国深造，我几乎一天也没有离开过图书馆。如离开图书馆
将一事无成。这不是我一个人的意见，大凡搞学问的都有这种体会。All intellectuals love books. The primary school where I studied didn't have a library, but all the way from middle school to university abroad, I never let a day pass without consulting a library. I believe I would have achieved nothing without the help of libraries. I am not the one and only one holding such a view. Generally speaking, all men of learning would agree with me on this point. 我大学是在清华念的，清华图书馆大家都知道是相当不错的。我与他打了四年交道，后来我出国到德国哥廷根大学留学。在欧洲待了十年多。哥廷根虽然是个小城，但图书馆的藏书极其丰富。我研究的是古代印度语言，应该说这是一门偏僻的学问。在那十年中，我写了不少文章，需要用大量资料。可哥廷根大学图书馆几乎都能满足我。借不到书的时候非常少，若借不到。I obtained higher education at Tsinghua University, Beijing, where I had four-year dealings with its prestigious library. Later, I went abroad to study at Göttingen University, Germany, and stayed in Europe for altogether eleven years. Göttingen is a small town, but Göttingen University Library boasts a rich collection of books. I specialized in the ancient language of India, obviously a little-known branch of learning. During the eleven years, I wrote many articles thanks to the university library providing me with whatever materials I needed. Otherwise, they would help me out by borrowing from other sources. 一九四六年，在落叶铺满长安街的深秋季节，我回到了北京，到北大工作。北大图书馆藏书甲全国大学。当时图书馆领导对我格外开恩，在图书馆里给了我一间研究室，并允许我从书库中提一部分必要的书拿回我的研究室，供我随时查用和研读。我一有空闲，便潜入我的研究室，躲进小楼成一桶，潜心默读，左用书城。在那个动荡的岁月，能觅到一处可以安身立命的清净世界，且有书读，简直是太令人兴奋了。In the late autumn of 1946, when Chang'an Street in Beijing was strewn with fallen leaves, I returned to China to work at Peking University. Of all university libraries in China, Peking University Library has the largest collection of books. The curator was thoughtful enough to assign me a research room in the library building and allow me to equip it with necessary books for ready reference, taken direct from the stack rooms. So I would withdraw at the first opportunity to my research room to enjoy the privacy of the small place and sit among my roomful books, reading avidly. How happy I was to have, in time of turmoil, this quiet haven plus books, so that I could settle down and get on with my pursuit of learning. 我与北京图书馆有很深的历史渊源。我回国时，当时的北图馆长是袁同礼。那时
我受圆筒里的聘请，任务是把北图有关范文的藏书检查一下，看看全不全。这个工作我做了。I've long been connected with Beijing Public Library. At the time when I returned from Europe, Mr. Yuan Tongli, then its curator, engaged me to check up its collection of books on Sanskrit and see if it was incomplete. I fulfilled the job accordingly. 解放后，王崇明先生代北图馆长，郑振铎是文化部文物局局长。郑先生是我的老师，在清华我曾听过他的课。郑先生很有魄力，我当时曾向他建议，若要在中国建立东方学，仅靠当时图书馆的一点点藏书是远远不够的。解决的方法是腰缠千万贯，骑鹤下欧洲。据说，日本明治维新后很重视文化事业，特意派人到欧洲、美国等地专找旧书店。不管什么书，也不管当时有没有用，文理、法工等什么都买。就这样，日本搜罗了大量的典籍。On the founding of the People's Republic of China, Mr. Wang Chongming became deputy curator of Beijing Public Library. And Mr. Zheng Zhenduo, one of my former teachers at Tsinghua University, was director of the State Bureau for the Preservation of Cultural and Historical Relics. He was a man with great drive, so I offered him the following suggestion: Our libraries have too few books on Orientalism to initiate its study in China. The only way out is to buy books from Europe. They say the Japanese paid great attention to cultural undertakings after the Meiji Restoration. They send people to Europe and America to visit exclusively second-hand bookstores to buy books on any subjects, useful or not, ranging from liberal arts, science, law to engineering. Consequently, they collected a huge number of ancient books and records. 单就东方学来讲。日本图书馆的藏书比我们强多了。郑先生虽有雄才大略，但又于当时客观条件，最终也没干成。当然，现在北图的藏书有些方面还是相当不错的，像善本就堪称世界第一。但专从东方学而言，北图的藏书还不如我多。In the matter of Orientalism. Japan has now a far greater library collection than China, but talented and far-sighted as he was, Mr. Zheng was nevertheless incapable of bringing the matter to fruition due to the constraint of objective conditions. Of course, Beijing Public Library has merits of its own too. For instance, it is world famous for its unique collection of rare books. But as far as Orientalism is concerned. Its collection is even smaller than mine. 图书馆是人类知识的宝库，是普及科学文化知识、传播信息的重要基地。不仅搞科研的人离不开它，一般的老百姓也离不开。随着社会的发展，人们对图书馆的需求会越来越大。我一生直到今天，可以说是极少离开过图书馆。就如人每天必须吃饭一样，经常而必须。Libraries are the treasure house of knowledge. 
the important base for popularizing science and culture and transmitting information. They are indispensable to all common people as well as scientific researchers. Alongside the social development, people's need for the library is getting bigger and bigger. I personally have seldom been separated from the library all my life. It is as essential to me as my regular daily meals. 近两年受商朝的冲击，不少人忽视了自己形而上的精神世界的滋养与丰富，而一味的钻进了孔方兄的网络里，难以抽身。这种现象在学术界也有。如果说我国学术界后继乏人，那是太绝对了。但确实走了好多人，北大也有，不过仍有一部分人不被外面的高工资所动，孜孜以求，好守穷经，进出于图书馆，他们才是我国未来的希望与脊梁。只是这类人并不多，这是颇令人担忧的。In recent years, due to the impact of commercialism. Many have gone in for money making and ignore the development and enrichment of their spiritual world. The same is true of the academic circles, including Peking University, where many have dropped their occupation to go in for business. But some, however, rather than succumb to the temptation of high pay in business, stick to their academic work. They study hard and frequent libraries, though they are getting on in years. They are the hope and backbone of our nation, but to our great disturbance, they are in the minority. Libraries are indispensable, like food, by Ji Xianlin. All intellectuals love books. The primary school where I studied didn't have a library. But all the way from middle school to university abroad, I never let a day pass without consulting a library. I believe I would have achieved nothing without the help of libraries. I am not the one and only one holding such a view. Generally speaking, all men of learning would agree with me on this point. I obtained higher education at Tsinghua University, Beijing. Where I had four-year dealings with its prestigious library. Later, I went to abroad to study at Göttingen University, Germany, and stayed in Europe for altogether eleven years. Göttingen is a small town, but Göttingen University Library boasts a rich collection of books. I specialized in the ancient language of India, obviously a little-known branch of learning. During the eleven years. I wrote many articles thanks to the university library providing me with whatever materials I needed. Otherwise, they would help me out by borrowing from other sources. In the late autumn of 1946, when Chang'an Street in Beijing was strewn with fallen leaves, I returned to China to work at Peking University. Of all university libraries in China, Peking University Library has the largest collection of books. The curator was thoughtful enough to assign me a research room in the library building and allow me to equip it with necessary books for ready reference, taken direct from the stack rooms. So I would withdraw at the first opportunity to my research room to enjoy the privacy of the small place and sit among my roomful books, reading avidly. 
How happy I was to have, in time of turmoil, this quiet haven plus books, so that I could settle down and get on with my pursuit of learning. I've long been connected with Beijing Public Library. At the time when I returned from Europe, Mr. Yuan Tongli, then its curator, engaged me to check up its collection of books on Sanskrit and see if it was incomplete. I fulfilled the job accordingly. On the founding of the People's Republic of China, Mr. Wang Chongming became deputy curator of Beijing Public Library, and Mr. Zheng Zhenduo. One of my former teachers at Tsinghua University was director of the State Bureau for the Preservation of Cultural and Historical Relics. He was a man with great drive, so I offered him the following suggestion: Our libraries have too few books on Orientalism to initiate its study in China. The only way out is to buy books from Europe. They say the Japanese paid great attention to cultural undertakings after the Meiji Restoration. They send people to Europe and America to visit exclusively second-hand bookstores to buy books on any subjects, useful or not, ranging from liberal arts, science, law to engineering. Consequently, they collected a huge number of ancient books and records. In the matter of Orientalism, Japan has now a far greater library collection than China. But talented and far-sighted as he was, Mr. Zheng was nevertheless incapable of bringing the matter to fruition due to the constraint of objective conditions. Of course, Beijing Public Library has merits of its own too. For instance, it is world famous for its unique collection of rare books. But as far as Orientalism is concerned, its collection is even smaller than mine. Libraries are the treasure house of knowledge, the important base for popularizing science and culture and transmitting information. They are indispensable to all common people as well as scientific researchers. Alongside the social development, people's need for the library is getting bigger and bigger. I personally have seldom been separated from the library all my life. It is as essential to me as my regular daily meals. In recent years, due to the impact of commercialism, many have gone in for money making and ignore the development and enrichment of their spiritual world. The same is true of the academic circles, including Peking University, where many have dropped their occupation to go in for business. But some, however, rather than succumb to the temptation of high pay in business, stick to their academic work. They study hard. And frequent libraries, though they are getting on in years, they are the hope and backbone of our nation. But to our great disturbance, they are in the minority. Thank you for listening to today's radio program. You can also listen to the app on your smartphone.
。想要查看美文阅读节目文稿，欢迎您访问网站 radio.cgtn.com， 找到美文阅读板块即可。今天的节目就到这儿，我是沈听，我们明天见。